to The Forbes Factor, featuring celebrity TV host, million-dollar entrepreneur, and renowned health and fitness superstar, Forbes Riley, a familiar face from TV, as well as one of today's most sought-after female motivational speakers today. You'll connect with some of the top experts in health and fitness, business, and personal development, as well as some surprise celebrities, all sharing their insight, tips, and tricks to finding true happiness. Now, here's your host, Forbes Riley. Hey, everybody. It's Forbes Riley here with the Forbes Factor. We focus on health, wealth, and happiness, and today I'm going to bring you all of those. You know, we always ask, where in the world is Forbes Riley? Well, it's been an amazing year of travel, and once again, uh, I will have been, I would already have shot my movie and come back from Utah and do crazy things by the time you listen to this, but it will become the end of the year, and if you're listening to this live, it's an important thing. We're talking about goals and accomplishments. My word for 2023 was implementation. And man, I launched and implemented all over the place. Now I'm thinking about what's the word for 2024. Uh, the word I've come up with for myself that I may be implementing sooner than later is delegation. Yeah. How do you get other people to do things for you? I just created a, a new program on how to delegate bots and a new business card and all kind of fun things I can't wait for you guys to experience. But without further ado, a woman who just changed my perspective and make me think pink is the one and only Miss Katie Horner. She um, she asked me the really important question that you know every entrepreneur gets asked at some point in their career, which is, "What's my inner flamingo?" And I said, "I'm sorry, what?" I didn't know I had an inner flamingo. Inner flamingo. Well, I'll bet you, you what we all have an inner flamingo, and she's here to explain what that means about how she's managed to put together faith fun, friends, family, and finance. We call it the giant F word. I don't think she'd appreciate that, but she gets the point and the humor. So Katie, welcome to the stage. <laughs> Thank you so much, Forbes. I'm excited to be here. Oh, it's wonderful to have you. Now we met because of the one and only amazing woman named Sandy Austin, correct? That's correct. So I'm going to give a big shout out to this bundle of energy and joy. And I've had a chance to work with her in her career. And I know that we are both in a much better place for having met each other. She was at my home for one of my VIP parties. How do you know Sandy? Sandy and I are in a live event training uh, together. Uh, we joined the program together and just kind of hit it off. And she's been a great encouragement to me. And I hope I have been to her as well. And um, she called me up uh, several weeks ago and is like, I know this Forbes li Riley lady. And every time I think of her, I think of you. I think you need to meet. And I don't know why, but <laughs> here we are. I think that's great. Now, I'm not going to say the name of the program you're in, but I do know which one that is. What are some of the things that you've learned in a live event training? Oh, one of the biggest things I've learned is just the enrollment strategy and that everything we're doing, we're enrolling someone in something. Uh, and it's it's more than just sales, but it's really enrolling them in their right next step. And when we get to see that as a gift and a service, it serves us well. I love that. Now you are definitely wearing pink. We talk about think pink and the flamingo advantage. All right, girl, lay it on us. What does it mean? <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> well, as as someone who gets referred to as the flamingo lady, um, I I love flamingos. Have studied them, and the more that I studied them, the more metaphors started coming out about how entrepreneurs and flamingos are like. And so we've taken that and used it in our coaching programs and in our mastermind and in our books and things to really um, be able to help our entrepreneurs be bold in who they were created to be, regardless of who else or what else might be in their river. You know, flamingos stand up against predators. And in the business world, we've got lots of competition to think about. And yet flamingos just stand there and boldly and confidently do what they were created to do without fear. And there's a lot we can learn from them. Well, the, the thing the thing for me when I first met Katie is there's an old play. I think it's written by Tennessee Williams. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Uh, no. You should. It, it's, uh, it's a very sad story of a young boy who witnessed his school chums throwing rocks and breaking flamingos' legs one night mm -hmm. in, a, uh, in a pond. And, um, and it, would, it was devastated me, and it stuck with me. And so when you said flamingos, I was thinking more fragile than you have concluded. How did you yes. come to this idea that these beautiful birds are do what they do there's a whole bunch of traits to flamingos that you guys i really want you to understand because i think the metaphor is delicious i think it's it's inspiring the more i hang out with katie the more i can learn to embrace it so let's start with the, the maybe the top five metaphors for entrepreneurs sure. as flamingos 
So the first one that we think about is we always see flamingos in flocks. It's actually called a flamboyance is the word for it. And flamingos thrive in their flamboyance. They, um, when they're, when they become isolated, if they get separated from their flock, they die. They, they can't survive long-term without the community. And how much are we like that as entrepreneurs? We need people who understand our language and the way we think and the way that we do things. And, um, you know, the more that we're to get, we're better together. If you want to go far, you know, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together, that kind of thing. And that's one of the things about the flamingos that really impacted me is just that idea that we all need a flock for support for the, the flock helps them, um, it to be protected, to, to know when there's danger, to find the right food. Like there's so many things and, and metaphors for the entrepreneurial life and the community that we all need to survive. Another one is um, how they get their color. Uh, the flamingos are are colored by what they eat and the the crustaceans and the the things that they uh, get from the water and filter out is what gives them the color and that color goes all the way through them we see it on the feathers and think it's just the outside but they're colored pink actually in their flesh and their tissues and their blood and their milk a lot of people don't know that flamingos produce milk for their young even their milk is pink it's colored by what they eat and so the better they the better nutrients they find and give themselves the pinker they are and the pinker they are the more the others in the flock look to them for leadership and so when you relate that to the entrepreneur like what goes in is what comes out what we feed ourselves is what shows on the outside and those of us who do more of that inner work that makes the outer work work that was one of my friends martha says right um the more of that inner work that we do the more we find ourselves in those leadership positions and able to influence other people and um so just just fascinating, fascinating facts that uh, have created this this metaphor for business. Another one that I love is that every flamingo has his own unique voice. They look alike, and at you know even the the well trained zoologists have to get really close and personal to figure out who's who, right? But every flamingo has his own unique voice and his own unique personality, and I was able to see this up close and personal at the Sarasota Jungle Gardens not too long ago, and um, the flamingos were just they were free to roam, and you could just interact with them and hearing the different tones in their voice and watching like the aggressive ones and the shy ones and the leaders and the one that was going a little crazy over there just bang in his head against the post and his friend that was hovering around him, like they all had their own unique voice and personality. And we do too. And the people in our flock are going to recognize us for that. We're not made to serve everyone as a lot of beginning entrepreneurs think. We're made to serve a specific group of people. And those people are going to hear our voice amidst all the noise in the marketplace. And they're going to be attracted to us and know how to follow us and what we can give. Um, I don't know how how many more you want me to share. Like, there's just one after another. I just thought this was absolutely fascinating. When I when I put it together, my mind was just completely blown. There's more. There's more. <laughs> right, one or two more. Come on, lay it on. Okay, so fl flamingos can also sense changes in the weather for up to six miles away. All right. And they just have this inner, inner thermometer, inner, inner sense of barometer, I guess is a better word of the we weather. How, how do we know that? The science that that's the scientific research that, you know, and I spent, I spent months and months and months diving into this after seeing them and just couldn't get them out of my head, but they can sense those changes. Well, in the marketplace, we also need to be with our eyes open to the changes. What's coming? How do we be flexible? How do we know when to move and where to go and what to do? Um, we have to follow that. And I think especially for, for my clients who tend to be more faith-based, there's that inner divining rod, that um, sense of being led by the spirit, if you will, to know when to make the next move or where, where, when specifically we need to move when we might not otherwise have, because we are in tune with what's going on in the world around us. Well, so let's go back to the beginning. I mean, I hope that you guys all took some notes uh, and you have a book called The Flamingo Advantage. You have a couple of books uh, where you really kind of outline this and it's important to know that, but your entrepreneurial journey is way deeper than the science of what, you know, flamingos do. And it goes back a long way. And what I really do want everyone to hear, and I'm going to step out for a second so that you can share this with everyone, because you've managed to combine love of your life with what you love doing. You took a journey that might not have ended up, you know, it doesn't always end up great, but you learn a lot from it. And you have this beautiful family out of all of this and a business. Would you just take us back and go through a little bit of this story? Sure. Um, 
So 16 and a half years ago this month, uh, my husband and I moved to Mexico to do ministry work. And we had had to, you know, once we got married and knew that that's the direction that we wanted to take, we had, um, we had to raise our own support. So this was like charity work. You had to raise your own funding to go. And so we moved to Mexico to, to be in this ministry. And then in a couple of years time, um, we moved to a different ministry across the other side of Mexico under kind of some not favorable um, circumstances. It was kind of a thing where we ended up um, as the newbies disagreeing over something with the those in authority. And, you know, that never ends well for anyone kind of thing. Right. But God used it to move us to another ministry where we thought we'd be there forever working in a children's home. And um, we were there about nine months when that ministry ended abruptly because the lady who'd brought us in thinking we would be the leaders of the next generation of this children's home uh, came to us and said, you know, I brought you in hoping every Everyone would fall in love and live happily ever after. And the truth is my national staff doesn't want outside leadership. Uh, so you have to go. <laughs> and we're like, go where, right? Like we've just left everything to come to Mexico and do this work. And we thought we'd be in this little, you know, work of 30 people for the rest of our lives. And now what? Right. And at this point we had four small children, small children, like six months old to about six years old. Um, we had no work visa in Mexico. We, um, now we've left two ministries in less than a year. So we lost a lot of our financial support. We lost a lot of our emotional support. This was the recession period in the U S back in 2010, 2011. And so everyone was looking for a reason not to send money overseas and take care of things at home. Right. And we really were in a hard spot where, from one month to the next, we didn't know what was coming in and would we have enough to keep the lights on and keep the kids fed. And yet we knew specifically that we had both been called to Mexico. There was a purpose for us being there. And so we started asking like, why are we here? It's gotta be bigger than this. What's what's going on? We were just starting to homeschool our kids. And the idea came like, what's available in Spanish for homeschool families? All these moms that were asking me questions like, how do you do that? And what do you use? And so I started looking around at what was available in Spanish. There weren't many materials at all in Spanish and definitely not the literature-based method that we were using. And so long story short, the first business that we created from the last $5 in the bank uh, was this homeschool curriculum in the Spanish language that gave them a method of, of material that didn't exist before us. And that led to leading one of the first online homeschool conferences to train those parents in how to be better educators in Spanish and reached around the world. And then in the process of growing that business, uh, the English speakers are like, how are you growing your business? And I would go off to this training or I would hire this coach and I would bring what I learned back to those uh, online business friends who were asking me for info. And that developed into eventually, you know, I can't keep doing this for free. <laughs> I need to make something from it. And uh, it became a mastermind. And then it became a group coaching program added to that. And today, you know, here we are with um, a six-figure business and uh, still impacting people in both of those worlds to some extent and uh, growing our five kids now, raising our five children in Mexico. Our oldest just graduated high school and uh, just really, really, really thrilled with the ministry that we get to have through our business. Fantastic. I mean, it's absolutely, I got to say, there's a lot of people watching you who are cheering you on and just going, yay. You know, as a mom, it's a very, you know, like perseverance. Yes, I've got Christian, I've got Sam just going, and how wonderful for you to have managed to do all this. What do your kids think about what you do? Well, my kids call me queen mother. Um, so we definitely have a unique relationship. Um, what does that mean? What does that mean? It, it's just a term of endearment. We, we play because we've grown up with two languages. The kids love different accents and things. And we were playing around one day and, um, just started impersonating a British accent and they picked up on it. And, um, in our mastermind that we have is called the queen's mastermind. And so they put those two together and, um, someone started calling me queen mother and it just kind of stuck. Um, but they love, uh, two of our children are part of our business. They actually are kind of on, on the payroll, so to speak. Um, 
they are not, they are subcontractors like the rest of our team. Uh, but we have our son helping us with accounting and our daughter helping with our video editing and social media things. And even our nine-year-old gets paid to create random videos every now and then because she's working on that skill. And it's just so fun to have them involved. And my husband and I have always talked openly about the business in front of the kids. And when we travel, we like to take them with us whenever possible. Um, my son was just with me at two events, in uh, one in Dallas that I attended and one in Charleston that uh, we hosted. And um, it's, it's just fun to get them to see like, oh, it's not just what we do at home behind the computer. There's people that we're impacting. And for them to have those conversations and see the impact that, that mom and dad are having with other people and be able to get a feel for, for their own um, contribution to this. And it's always, it's always been a family thing. And it's, it's so fun to have them involved. Talk to me about the need for an acceptance of faith and business. Mm -hmm. So we got to go back to the flamingo again for this, uh, because flamingos can't separate their color from who they are. Uh, they can't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to be pink today and I'm tomorrow I'm going to be green or, you know, I'm going to go get food and put on my green feathers. And when I come back, I'll put on my pink ones. You know, it's not like slippers that we can put on and take off. And I believe that as a person of faith, you can't separate that from who you are and what you do. You can't be one person on the weekend and another person during the week, or you're not being authentic. You're not living in alignment with what you've been called to do and, and your purpose for being here. You have to be who you are all the way through. I don't believe faith has to be obnoxious. I don't believe it has to be the leader line that you do with everything. You know, you don't have to, to spit Bible verses before you say anything else. Um, but I do think that the way that we live, what's on the inside shows on the outside, right? Yeah. And when we, when we bring that in and we do uh, business the way that we believe that honors our faith and when we honor our word to people and when we respect others and when we do things with excellence and when we, you know, live by that faith, I believe that it is an advantage that a lot of people don't take advantage of in the marketplace and can actually enhance our results and our impact. Well, cause I don't hear enough of that. And I like the authenticity and the income, the congruity of, of how the relationship is. How's it working with your husband? Oh, my husband and I are best friends. Um, he's definitely more behind the scenes. Uh, he doesn't does he doesn't enjoy speaking in public. I love the stage. Um, I am not patient with tech and things like that. And he has the patience of Job, right? So we're very well fitted for one another. Um, and we have just learned over time to communicate in a way that makes business fun and makes the work together easier than it could, you know, easier than it could be, or maybe is for other people. And um always doing the decisions together. We have, you know, we take our quarterly offsite uh, business planning meetings uh, to get on the same page and then just working day by day. What you got today? What have you got today? I'm going to do this. I need you to do that. And just always just very open and clear communication, both for goals and day-to-day -day activities. Uh, go back for a second. The quarterly offsite meetings, explain that to yeah. me. So, you know, when you work together and live together and play together and homeschool your kids together and cook together, like we do everything together. And so what we found was when we really needed to focus in on business stuff, um, we don't want to do it in a space where there can be distractions or where it could bring some anxiety or some unsettledness into the home. Uh, and so to protect our you know, protect our time in the bedroom. We don't have business meetings in the bedroom to protect the time at the kitchen table where we're meeting with family and have making memories with our kids. We don't want to do business up there. And so when it's time for us to have our quarterly business meetings, he and I go off site and it could be out to dinner. It could be an overnight somewhere, um, but we go away from the home. So there's no kids interrupting. There's no distractions. We're not bringing all of those business decisions and discussions into the home. And we're doing it in a neutral, safe place uh, where neither of us are likely to get upset with one another in public. <laughs> where we might if we were at home and more comfortable. So it, it really helps us to work I'm through impressed. things with plan. One of the biggest issues that I have, I've worked with everybody in my family. My daughter runs one of my companies. My son was in our company. My husband currently is our videographer. My ex-husband was partners in everything. I just, I don't know how else to do that, but I will say that I'm not the best at separating church and state, no pun intended here, yeah. about literally not having business 
in the bedroom or in the at the kitchen table. Uh, my daughter and my son have done this impeccably well. What do they call it? There's a word for it. They call it. Is it? Does it need to be fixed or like discussed? This is a fixable thing. You help. Yes. I don't want your help fixing it, or I just want to vent, fix or vent. Then one right. of those. And they're so good at it. I come in and all of a sudden I'm just yakking about, and it's like, mom, you can't blur those lines. And no one had ever done that to me before. So congratulations for figuring that out. Thank uh, what's you. one of your, when entrepreneurs train with you, what's something that's really important for them to walk away with? Confidence is one of the biggest piece that we work with, with our people. And it's, it's a mindset thing. Uh, people don't feel worthy to worthy to charge or that what they ought, they know they want to make a difference and that they have, but they don't have the confidence to really put it out there or to charge what it's worth. And that can come from any number of places. Um, people speaking into our past or past failures or um, just lack of lack of con- continued success, right? The more we do things, the more confidence we gain to do them well. And I think that confidence is one of those areas where, especially for my faith-based people, we get to take them back to who you are and how you've been prepared for this special moment in history, how all of the things that make you, you are part of what you get to bring to the table to fulfill this purpose for the people who need your message and need what you have to give the world and just really building them up in that confidence piece. So that like, yes, you do have value. You are worthy to do this work. You are worthy to get paid for it even. And um, here's how we do that, right? And then giving them the practical frameworks to walk that out once they are more grounded in who they are and that purpose in the world. I love that. How do you determine how much somebody is worth? There's a couple of different ways that we look at pricing things. Uh, and it is it is market value, uh, what other people are charging. So, so you're looking at competitors or, or competitive um, types of offers. But it's also um, the value of the transformation that you're giving to your people. Most of the people I work with are service providers rather than product businesses. And so they're doing coaching or teaching or training of some kind uh, or providing a, a service. And um, so it has to do with the value of the transformation. And, you know, we can talk all day about how many modules you have in your courses or how many hours it's going to take to work through the content, but that's not what they're buying. They're buying how their life is going to be different. And that's the thing that we want to put a price tag on. Like, what is the price of getting over, you know, my one client is a trauma coach. What is the price of moving out of grief and into the possibility of what's next for you in your future, right? And so pricing it according with, with that and also your authority. Uh, your training, your experience, you know, people are not just paying you for 30 minutes. They're paying you for the 30 years that you've spent preparing to deliver that transformation in the 30 minutes that you get to spend with them. And so um, it's different for everyone, but those are the main things that we look at when we're trying to price something. What do you teach your clients about how to find new leads? I teach them uh, to always be looking for opportunities to invite people to what you get to do in your business. And this is another one of those shifts where um, I don't just sell something. I don't just offer something. This is bigger than that. This is about you getting a change or getting a transformation. And so when I take my eyes off of me and like what I'm doing or what I'm selling, and I focus on you getting that transformation, it's much easier to talk about it and market it. It's also much easier to get excited about inviting someone to it. And so we do all the you know, all the practical organic strategies, as well as some of the paid ad strategies. Um, but things like um, your your free opt-in is huge. What kind of gift are you giving to bring people into your world and get them on your list? How can you uh, work with other people who are collaborators, right? If you're if your story is the same, your collaborators in the marketplace. If your product is the same, your competitors. And so thinking about uh, the people who have a similar story to you and how they serve their people, you want to work with them and invite those people to your list and have uh, you invite your people to their list and supporting and, and promoting one another. Um, the other thing is statistics say that only only 2% of your list is probably going to buy from you. That means 98% of the people on your list are, they're there because they're attracted to you. They're there for something. And if you don't have anything else to offer them, like, then why are they there? And by collaborating with other people, by doing affiliate offers or inviting people to other people's lists, you're able to help them, even though it wasn't you 
who they needed help from, if that makes sense, right? If um, they may not be able to learn from me, they may not resonate with my voice particularly, but hey, I've got this great friend, Forbes Riley, who is doing this cool thing over here. Maybe that will help you, right? And I get to make those introductions and it helps them into their next step. You know what? I love it. Um, you're very smart. You know that? And, and I mean Thank that you. in a really loving, no, I mean that in a very loving way. I talk to entrepreneurs all day, every day. I have a lot of over 18,000 students and it's exciting to hear, how did you come to your knowledge base? Was it that you had mentors? Was that you did a lot of studying? Where did you go to get this rock solid foundation? I grew up in a business family. But I knew from high school that I wanted to be in ministry overseas. And so my family didn't pour business knowledge into me. I was around business talk, but I was not the object of the business talk or training. I went to school for education. Um, my husband went to school for, for ministry work, you know, and so when we decided to start a business, we didn't know anything about business and finances. We had to learn how to do it all ourselves. We, I had to take a class from HTML when I was building a website back in 2010, you know, um, I had to take a class on affiliate marketing and take a class on writing emails and take a class on copy and take a class on memberships and take a class on, you know, I had to learn all those things. And because I was a natural teacher, then I could could bring it in to what I teach and be able to, to use those different skills to teach others. And when I started the, my mastermind initially, it was a peer mastermind. It was friends who'd agreed to come together a couple of times a month and share what was working for us. I love that. And as I started investing in myself, I was the one paying for a coach. I was the one joining the programs, taking the classes. I started to, to grow faster, to, to outgrow some of them. And eventually, you know, then guys, I can't keep doing this for free. Um, I think it's time we step into a paid model here. And, you know, that really was it is I was just always asking, what's the next thing I need to learn? Who's the best one to teach it? And how can I get in front of them? I love that. What do you do? You're very positive. What do you do when you're not, when things don't go your way? Um, a little bit of chocolate therapy. Uh, I would usually have a good cry and I'm usually overtired when that happens. And so I go, go to bed early and wake up tomorrow to see what God has for us the next day. I, love I tell my, I tell my clients, I quit about once a month. Right. And then I, I get up and go back to it because it's not about quitting. Somebody Great. still needs some message. Your question. How many flowers do you have? <laughs> um, I don't know exactly. I've got several. Uh, I think I have seven on this trip with me. I'm I'm in Charleston today on a, a business trip. I have one for for most of my outfits. It, I combine it and color match it. And I, we I read that on on your website. What are the what's the significance of the flowers for you? The flower is my my visual reminder that I get to show up and be me today. Uh, because there was a time in our early ministry years when that was frowned upon, when anything that drew attention to you was seen as something that would take away from the mission of the gospel we were there to present. And so I complied. But in complying to that rule, I stuffed all the fun parts of my personality deep down inside. And I lost part of who I was. And years later, um, I was, I was late for a class and hot, humid day in Mexico, grabbed my daughter's headband to put in my hair. And everyone's like, I love the flower. And the next week I showed up without the flower and they're like, where's the flower? You need to wear that more often. And, and the more that I wore the flower, the more I felt pretty, the more I felt like me again. And the more God used that to just remind me like, it's okay to be who I made you to be. And that was, that was pre-Flamingo, right? Um, and I've just, it's been something that I have, was so meaningful. I've just worn it every day as my reminder. I get to, I get to love the fun, the colors, the stickers, the confetti, the, you know, throw confetti in today's face is something I say a lot. Like something goes wrong. Like we're just going to throw confetti and make a party. How can we reframe that to be something positive instead and look at the bright side of what could happen because this happened for us, not to us. I should set you up with my girlfriend, Samantha Lockwood. She uh, spent a lot of time growing up in Hawaii and her grandmother said to her, try something. She was uh, an actress, but was also a waitress. And she said, put a flower in your hair, a real flower. And she did. And whenever she did, she said her grandmother would always make more tips. And she did the same thing and found out that it was very infectious. She went ahead and I love this. You should look it up. It's called Florings, F-L-E-U-R-I-N-G-S. And then the little water vases that you wear in your ear or around your neck, and you can put a fresh flower in there and it stays beautiful all day long. 
Nice. So I'm reminded about the uniqueness of flowers and how it does make me smile when I see you. And I love the color pink and, and, and. Um, yes. book. And, and it represents Mexico a little bit as well. There you so. go. Definitely very colorful. I lived and worked in Mexico for 10 years on and off. I worked at club meds everywhere from Hermosillo to Hualtuco, Playa Blanca, up to Cancun on the other side. Uh, Mexico is a beautiful place. And for many people who have not been there, uh, I lived in San Diego. So Mexico is not just Tijuana. Mexico <laughs> is a lot of beautiful people, unbelievable shorelines and not to be yes. missed. And then of course I did the whole center of Yucatan and that as well. I love Mexico for so many reasons. And I speak just enough Spanish to get in trouble. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, you know, I, I love the idea of the relationship of you and your husband. I think that that in business is so fascinating, but do you find it difficult when you go to look for outside help? Is it the two of you at the top of the pyramid or can you trust other people? Yeah, it's it was it's been the two of us for years and years and years. Um, and then just in the last two years, we've started exp expanding our team. We, we grew tremendously in 2020 uh, and had to kind of revamp the way that our programs worked. And then in that identifying who were the team members that we wanted to bring on. Um, Finances is one of the things that can jerk the happy right off me quicker than anything. And so that's one of the jerk things. The that happy, jerk the happy. Oh my God. That's, I'm sorry. That just made me laugh. <laughs> um, so, so that's one of the things that, you know, my, my son has an affinity for numbers. And so we started getting him some, some of his homeschool classes and his math classes were around accounting and things. And he started moving into more and more of those responsibilities. So I don't have to check them every day. Uh, he checks them for me and just reports in. And then we work on monthly stuff and we, then we hand the rest off to the CPA, you know, but um, that's been helpful. I hired an executive assistant last year. Um, and that was an amazing thing to do. And she handles, you know, the, the emails and the calendar and I'll, she's also the concierge for our higher level programs right now. Eventually we'll hire a concierge so that she can continue to just be executive assistant and, and they can take care of her people. But, um, it, it is hard to trust. And especially for a type A control freak, like recovering perfectionist kind of person like me, um, it, it is hard to trust. And maybe that's why I like you so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's trial and error. It's having to, I have to get clear on what I, I want and how things are done, but I also have to give them the space to be them and to infuse their work with their personality and their preferences as long as uh, we can continue to serve. And one of the things that I learned from being in the strategic coach program is that if they can do it 80% as me, that's good enough. And so finding someone who can understand the vision and the mission and who has the love for the people and what we're doing here, and then just helping them to learn what processes we have and giving them the space to adapt the processes as we grow and as they grow um, so that they could do it 80% as me, then, then that's good enough. Well, you said something very interesting that I think more entrepreneurs need to hear. Uh, and that is about processes. What does it mean in your business to have systems and processes? Well, there's a way that we do everything, whether we know it or not, whether we call it a system or not. We always do things in certain steps. You think about even taking a shower or fixing your coffee in the morning. There's a process that you use. And whether you do it intentionally, it, even if you don't do it intentionally, you will create a process unintentionally, which can create some issues sometimes. And so when we think about it with intention, um, my, my assistant and I just spent two days this week together. And one of our projects one afternoon was to walk through a, one of our high ticket programs, step by step by step, every touch point. Here's when they pay. Here's what happens after they pay. Here's what happens with the next email. Here's what happens on the onboarding call. Here's what happens when they sign the agreement. Here's what, what we do to send them, you know, their welcome package. Here's what happens the first day. And like all of those steps and then answering the questions, like, what are they thinking? What are they fearing? What are they using? What do they need? What do they expect? Um, what would make them a raving fan at this juncture in their journey with us? And, and that is a process that we are perfecting so that we can figure out where the friction is in our systems and in the program so that they can have a smoother transition through that journey as a client and get better results because of less friction. 
And by having that process in place, this happens and then this happens and then this happens. They're interacting with me here. They're interacting with her here. They're interacting with uh, people in the Facebook group here. Like all of those things are a system. And once you know it, then you can look at where the friction happens and how do we resolve that to make it a better experience for our people. Wow. I I love this. So when people come to you, what do they leave with? When people come to us in uh, our program, they leave with a better sense of who they are and their purpose in the marketplace, but also with an offer that can convert, with an offer that is clear on their messaging or we're helping them refine their message and get it out to the world in a bigger way. Our clients generally have a business. They are selling some kind of a a service when they come to us, but they need to get it out bigger. They need to have more people than just their family or their, their friend circle know about this. And, you know, they, they know it'll sell, they know it'll help people, but how do I get it out there bigger? And that's what we help them do. I love that. Um, you guys have something very exciting coming up. You have a television series. Explain that. Tell us what's going on. Yes. Yeah, so last year I was introduced to the founder of Visible.tv. And he is, Visible is like an entrepreneurial Netflix platform. And uh, in conversation with them and telling them a little bit about our story, um, he was like, this needs to be a show. Like you need to have a docu-series of some kind. And guess what? We can help you with that. Um, and so we are working with them to create our docu-series around the Flamingo Advantage, which is our journey from you know broken, broken ministry family to the business that we have today. And infusing each of those short episodes with nuggets that will inspire and uh, encourage other folks who are on the journey of growing their business as well. I love this. I'm looking at some of the comments that are coming in live as we do broadcast live. We're also on every recorded platform from the Voice America platform to iTunes and Stitcher and Pandora. But oh, Olga, she's also a recovering perfectionist, just so you know, you're not alone. <laughs> what fictional character embodies your company's core values? What a great question. Thank you very much, Mr. Christian. Mm-hmm. Our core values are truth, legacy, and community. Um, I'm not sure I've ever thought about it in terms of a fictional character. Huckleberry Finn. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, We we include a community aspect in everything because, again, a flamingo can't thrive outside of the flock, right? Um, We found that out the hard way, being isolated in Mexico as entrepreneurs for the long time. And uh, so that's something we've built in. Uh, legacy is, you know, we teach a, a lot around courses and books and like leaving your message for the world. It was something happened to you today. What happens to your message? Right. And so that idea of what are we leaving to pass on? What could benefit future generations because you were here at this time in the world? Um, and then truth, we're bringing everything back to who is your God and who are you and what is his purpose for you in this gift of a business he's placed in your hands to steward. And, you know, how are you showing up? How are you doing that? Because if you don't do what you were created to do, the people who are waiting for you are not going to be complete to do what they were created to do. And, um, that, you know, we, we embody that in everything that we offer in our programs, but I've never thought about it in terms of a fictional character. I'll have to put some thought into that. I think we need to find, I mean, I'm thinking the same thing as I'm thinking about Laura Croft. She's a Tomb Raider. She's out there fighting. No, I'm just kidding. But it's an interesting idea, especially as Halloween comes up. What do you guys do for Halloween or do you? In Mexico, they celebrate the Day of the Dead. Um, so that would be the equivalent to the U.S. Halloween down there. Do you guys dress up down there? They don't dress up so much as um, there'll be lots of altars and things, um, some festivities in in the town and stuff like that. Yeah, I remember that. Marilyn writes, what's the best advice you would give to entrepreneurs? Be you. Um, Show up as you. Let your color, like, don't stop hiding. Stop hiding who you are and how fabulous you are with what you know. A lot of us feel embarrassed, I think, to share, like, how we've been, how the experiences that we've had or the preparation we've had to be able to help people in the way that only we can. And a lot of us from a faith background have been told like, don't be prideful. Don't share that. That's, you know, don't, you're puffing yourself up. And I think when you share it truthfully, because when you do, you can help someone, that's the right way to share it. 
And so just being you, acknowledging that all of these experiences and trainings and and things that you have lived through have gotten you to this point for this purpose. And somebody out there needs your message. You just got to be you and show up and give it. I love that. Describe your book, The Flamingo Advantage. The Flamingo Advantage is around finding that confidence to be you in the marketplace and to be able to fulfill that purpose that you have with this gift of transformation through your product or service. Uh, we Leveraging the uniqueness that is you, that's the Flamingo piece. And it is, uh, it's a book that attacks several of the myths that we think about in blending business and faith. And it also goes into several marketing strategies that um, several people have said, you know, that really per- changed my entire perspective about how I market my business, how I talk about my business and the things that we're able to do for our people. And, um, and we've got, we want to get it into as many hands as we can. So um, that's, that's something that we're looking to do through through podcast opportunities and different things like this, just to get that book out into the world of entrepreneurs. How do people find it? Freeflamingobook.com. Good. You know, my book, a book that I do just launched yesterday to all my listeners, I should share with you after 12 years of writing it, eight years of confusing, four years of, of uh, illustrating it. We now, if you go to Amazon today, you can go to Forbes Riley's The Candy Witch. It doesn't come up as just The Candy Witch. I'm not quite sure why just yet. But The Candy Witch is a children's book that I created because I have a little bit of an addiction to beautiful, sweet things. And when my twins were born, they were brilliant at bringing home every candy in the neighborhood. And so this giant bowl in the middle of the night would go, I'm a Snickers bar, eat me. And I would have to go, I need a Snickers bar. I never want, I don't even buy those things. And I was compelled as a fitness expert to write this book. This It's a rhyming children's poem uh, that just came to me, like literally you these downloads uh, about a uh, young, you know, there's a Spanish version of this book too. And I really, mm. should, I really should see if I can get it into your hands because it was the idea that uh, Princess Dulce ate way too many sweets and she ruined all of her beauty that she had been gifted. Uh, and what she was charged with doing by this, this mythical character who finds her is if you want your beauty back, you're, you need to distribute the wealth, redistribute your wealth. And so her job on every Halloween is to fly around and every kid gets to keep their five favorite pieces. That's more than enough for a child. And all the rest of the candy that you don't need, you put outside your door. And when you wake up in the morning, there's something very sweet there in the form of some remuneration like the tooth fairy. Oh, cool. Yeah, you get money for candy, basically. And the candy gets to leave the house in a very creative way because it really became an issue for me. And and I love reading the story. I love the, the illustrations. I just think are beautiful. Uh, the fact that it's bilingual because I have a lot of uh, a, a lot of friends all around the world and Spanish is, my, is one of my second languages as well. And so, yeah, the candy witch in Espanol e in English. So exciting. Congratulations. I'm excited for you. Thank you. Thank you. What's been one of your favorite crazy Halloween costumes over the years? Uh, one year, my daughters got the costumes late because everything in Mexico happens late. Like <laughs> all the, all the costumes that go on sale in time for Christmas kind of thing. And like all the Christmas candy goes on sale in February for, you know, right. Christmas cards get to our house by Easter. That whole thing is a little bit delayed because we get everything from the States. But um, my girls got uh, one got a princess costume, one got a uh, pirate costume, and they were just adorable. Um, So fun. And and pirates, there's pirate history in Campeche where we live. Um, Our city was attacked by pirates for about 80 years of our history. Uh, So there's there's a big tie in there as well. That's fun. Is Campeche home for you? You're not coming back to the States? I don't know. Um, up until last year, I probably would have said, yeah, we'll be there forever. And, you know, the the bigger, the more you grow, the the more dreams open for you. And I'm not sure I know the answer to that right now. I love that. I, it's been fun watching you grow and watching that, you know, the kids grow will be a whole lot of fun in this community. Um, so you're going to recommend people get the Flamingo Advantage. Yes. And, but you have another book as well. Also, yes. Flamingos on the cover. You're so creative. What was, that, what was that one about? The first Flamingo book is called Faith Like Flamingos, uh, the Christian business guide to walking out your faith in bold color. And my daughter, my oldest daughter is an artist. Well, both of my oldest daughters are artists, but my my oldest did the cover illustration for that it's book. Beautiful. It really is beautiful. 
It is. And and my second daughter actually did the cartoon illustrations in the Flamingo Advantage on the inside of that one. So again, involving the kids in business and using their talents and helping them grow as well is, is a lot of fun. Do you have a role model, somebody that you've been looking at in business going, wow, that to me is the epitome of success. I'd like to be walking in those shoes. You know, I have had in the past and I've caught myself saying like, I wish I could be like so-and-so when I grow up, you know, um, but the older I get, the more I just, I want to be me. Like I want to embody the best of some of those. Uh, I do have, you know, uh, a mentor in the the launching world for internet launches. I have a mentor in the, the live event enrollment space. Um, and I, I love them and, and what I'm learning from them, but I, I really want to be, I want to be me. That's, you know what? I think everybody who's, and there's a lot of people watching this right now. I want to be me as she's sitting there in her pink talking about flamingos. I will say that I have a tiny little, a little paintbrush on some of the things that you were doing. And I feel very honored to have walked down that path for a little while with you because, you know, pitching is powerful for me. I have a gift for, well, for everybody. I just got in business with somebody that I really adore and I think it's going to serve you well. But if you guys go to www.pitch59.com, and if you go to create card and put in the word Forbes, you can try it free for a month. And it's a very exciting digital business card that has a phenomenal referral system in it. Have you ever heard of that? I've, I've never heard yeah. of the refer, I've never heard of the referral part where you literally swipe and I could recommend you and all that you do to someone else in the, in the blink of an eye. I think it's brilliant for events and for companies and they're going to be one of my sponsors and I'm excited to uh to promote this i've had a lot of business cards cross my desk but this is this is something different because when you're in an organization or you like to network like you do i can easily say like sandy said hey you should meet katie boom here's her information it's that fast so just as a sponsorship plug i'm going to say www.pitch59.com and if you put in the word forbes you get a free month and you get 20 percent off forever which is how i like it fabulous this has been just delightful is there anything that we've not heard from miss katie I can't think of anything at the moment. I know this has been pretty in-depth and I think I've been exhausted. I've got a whole bunch of people who have asked a lot of questions. I think the next Netflix for entrepreneurs, is that an entire network that we should all be looking it at? It is. It's a platform. It's a subscription platform called visible.tv. Um, but the interesting thing was that when we worked out our agreement, we were able to retain the rights to publish it on our platforms as well. And so, um, the if you go to the flamingoadvantage.com, you can sign up for to watch the series. And um we're we're able to release it as it releases on Visible. It's also co-releasing on our own platform for our folks as well. So I love that. And it does so it lives on your website. You guys want to make sure that you check that out. All right. In closing, some final words from Katie. Um, as entrepreneurs, um, we well, I think one of the things that I got from you, and this is really important too, is that you don't shy back from studying what you need to know. I find that too many entrepreneurs just wallow in this. I just don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do a launch. I don't know how to launch a book. I don't know how to, and they stay there. You yeah. have taken action. Can you explain to us how you go about that when you're up against something you don't know and why you're so committed to it? Well, you know, in one of the hardest times of our business career, one of my, one of my coaches looked at me and says, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna quit? And I said, I can't quit. Like th there is no quitting. That's not the right question. The question is, what am I going to do next? Right. And I think that's, that's the question that we've always had is like, what do we need to know next? Who's the best one to teach us that? Like, who is where I want to be in regards to this topic or this skill or this network even? And how do I get there? How do I learn from them? Who's the best at this? And how do I learn from them? And so we are constantly evaluating that quarterly retreat that we take. Like that's one of the questions that we're looking at is what's next? What, you know, every uh, one of my coaches says new level, new devil, right? Like every time you get somewhere, there's the next thing looking at you that you don't know how to do. Yes. And so you just have to say like, what's next and who's got the answer and how can I get access to that knowledge or that person? And so, and lately, you know, the bigger you get as, as the, our team has grown, some of those are answered by like, who's the next person, not the next training. Like who's the next one we need to hire because we are just at capacity and can't continue to do this or do this well ourselves. It's better for us to look for someone who has that special skill and bring them on as part of our team. All right. Remind us how we find you. The flamingoadvantage.com. 
It is a beautifully designed website. I can attest to that. And I will tell thanks you. Thanks to you. <laughs> well, no, thanks. You know, thanks. I appreciate that. But thanks to you really understanding how to take action. Um, you've been absolutely delightful to be around, to work with. There is such a spirit around you. There's no doubt in my mind why you're successful and why you are growing and continue to be successful. And guys, for all of you listening, one of the things that Katie is great about is really blending the concept of faith and business, family and fortune. Uh, you know, I raised my two kids in my business. Um, they are both business minded. They have their own businesses. They're very smart with that. They're not, you know, my parents always shielded us from that. I didn't know anything. When I got out of college, I didn't know how you ran even a household. I didn't know basic things because they were so busy doing it for us. As a mom, I truly believe that the smartest choices that I made were to bring my kids to meetings, was to have mm -hmm. them around me and not go, oh, no, even on Zoom calls, my kids were notorious for sitting on my lap. Why not? Yeah. And people who didn't like that were just not right from my world. You know, it's, I'll bring up this interesting question. We just talked today about being culturally appropriate. Mm -hmm. I now am instituting in my membership an application because if you don't, if you're not a culture fit, you don't fit. And not everybody fits in everything. How do you feel about that culturally appropriate? I think it's it's very key for having a successful anything where there's really like if it's a DIY program, it doesn't matter, pay you and be done. Right. But if there's any amount of community, like culture fit is a big deal. And you as an entrepreneur, you get to choose the clients. You don't have to work with whoever has the money. Woo! And say that again. Say that again. <laughs> Yeah, I, that was a big mindset shift for me too. I mean, uh, it, somebody taught me that. Like, you get to choose who you work with. You don't have to work with anyone just because they have money. So make sure it's the right fit on both sides, right? A right fit for them that you can really help them, a right fit for you, and a right fit for the community that they have things that they can contribute. And part of knowing that they're a right fit, though, lies with what lies with the leader in establishing the correct expectations. People like us do things like this. This is what's acceptable. This is what's not. This is what we do. This is what we won't do and won't be allowed in this space because I'm in charge of creating the safe space and building what I want to build here. I hands off, Kate. I just think you're adorable. I not adorable. That's not even adorable. That's not a fair <laughs> word. You are what you are. There's something about you that makes me tickle pink. Oh, can I say that? Thank you. <laughs> and why was there a pink panther? Why was a panther pink? Do you think? Probably not really. I have no idea. But that theme song just went through my head. We need to create the flamingo pink song. Da -da -da -da. Actually, I have a client who just wrote us a flamingo song for our brand. Are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. We're using it in, in part of the music on our TV series as well. Oh, I love that. And I will tell you guys, when you look up flamingos, we've all heard a flock of, of birds. When Katie said to me, they travel in a flamboyance. Flamboyance. I, I, I just can't even conceive of what a fun word that is for a flock of pink birds. We're flamboyant. I don't know. I loved it. Katie, uh, I want to say thank you very much for being part of our podcast today. You guys are watching the Forbes Factor. We focus on health, wealth, and happiness. I will say today we've had all three. Uh, Marilyn Pierce, one of my favorite students, writes, a true woman of integrity and determination. So take that with you as one of our many gifts that you get to leave with. And uh, we'll be going oh, heading over to the Flamingo Advantage. Thank you. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Bye. You guys, I will see you next time right here on the Forbes Factor. We focus on health, wealth, and happiness. And as always, I think we did a pretty good job of bringing it to you. I'll see you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you for making the Forbes Factor an important part of your week. Be sure to join Forbes Riley again next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you again soon.